Greetings, this is Douglas Gimple, Senior Portfolio Specialist at Diamond Hill Capital Management, and this is Understanding Edge. This podcast is the second in a series that is focusing specifically on autonomous vehicles and advances in the industry that are bringing us closer to a world that is reminiscent of films like Total Recall, the original, not the remake, and television shows like Knight Rider. Today, I'm joined on the podcast by Chris Peel to talk about BlackBerry and their evolution from the smartphone that everyone used to own to a leader in autonomous driving software. Chris is a research analyst at Diamond Hill on the international team. He is a combination of North Carolina Wilmington Seahawk and Wisconsin Badger, having graduated from the University of North Carolina Wilmington and completing his MBA at the University of Wisconsin. This episode is the middle episode in a series focusing on autonomous driving and the potential impacts to the global economy and the companies involved in the business. The first episode focused on General Motors and their vehicles. This episode will focus on BlackBerry and the operating systems involved in these vehicles. And the final episode will focus on Google's efforts with analyst Varun Gupta. While we are getting closer and closer to return to the office, most of us are still working from home. So as always, I ask for your patience for any sound issues that may arise. As always, stay safe and stay healthy. And I hope you enjoy this new effort to bring you a series of podcasts focusing on an emerging industry. Chris, thanks for joining the podcast uh, and being a part of this series on autonomous driving. You may be too young to remember uh, this, but years ago, the majority of the workforce in our industry relied on Blackberries to communicate while on the road or unfortunately on vacation. Uh, I can admit that I embarrassingly used to carry mine around on a little holster that clipped to my belt. And uh, thankfully my children were much too young uh, at the time to, to be embarrassed. Uh, when you approached me about putting together this series on autonomous driving, I gotta tell you, I was shocked uh, that you mentioned BlackBerry uh, because that shows not only my lack of knowledge on the evolution of the company, but uh, my lack of knowledge on autonomous driving. Can you walk me through the history of BlackBerry's shift from smartphones to autonomous driving uh, and the financial engineering that was needed to get this done? Thanks for having me, Doug. Uh, first off, let me start off by saying, you know, I certainly, I, I don't think you're alone. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people, when they hear the name BlackBerry, they immediately, you know, think back to the smartphone business that was so popular um, 10 to 15 years ago, you know, my, myself included. But the truth is a lot has changed really over the last six to seven years. To start, first of all, they're no longer manufacturing smartphones. So they've actually exited the hardware side of the business entirely. And today everything's being done on the software side. You know, there's a lot of different products that the company's involved with within the software. But as you mentioned, you know, a key piece of the business today is what they're doing in autonomous vehicles and, and supplying software there. So I agree, you know, when you hear that at first, it does sound like a, like a major transformation. Um, and, you know, in some ways, some ways it really was. Uh, but when you start to think about it through just a slightly different lens, um, you start to see maybe that there wasn't a ton of heavy lifting necessary and the key pieces have always been in place to kind of accelerate in the direction that they're headed today. Now, there's been a few acquisitions they've made to kind of fill in some white spaces, but for the most part, you know, the, the key structure and the key foundation that they're building on is, is in place and has been over the last really 30 years that the company's been around. So big picture, what happened was essentially in the mid-2000s, you know, right around the time of the financial crisis, 
uh, BlackBerry's position as as the dominant player in the smartphone category, and you know, and they were dominant at one point in time. They had 50% market share within the U.S. and about 20% globally. But what happened was Google's Android and Apple's iPhone really came along and disrupted the smartphone space. So, uh, really, their user experience was just a lot better. Uh, they had a availability of a lot of third-party apps that. You know, over time, BlackBerry just found it, you know, difficult to compete with. So really, long story short, what happened was the board stepped in and brought in a new management team and really decided that the company needed to to head in a different direction. So we're about six to seven years into that transformation today. Uh, But when you think about it, you know, what really made BlackBerry smartphone so popular at one point in time um, and really within corporations and other organizations that have highly sensitive data um, that, that they need to protect was really their ability to provide safe and secure communications. You know, BlackBerry has highly sophisticated encryption technology. Like I said, it's a 30-year-old company, and they've really been innovating in this space over that time period. You know, their, their operating system and all of its components down to the chip level are really built from the ground up to provide safe and secure communications technologies. That's why, I mean, even today, you know, no, even though BlackBerry is no longer providing or manufacturing smartphones, um, today the company is still handling communications. It's just on the software side for a lot of a lot of institutions and organizations that need that have highly sensitive t- data to protect. So you can think about, you know, governments. BlackBerry's communications tech is used across 18 governments, you know, across the globe. That includes all seven of the G7 governments. You know, things like the the NSA, a lot of military organizations, you know, around the globe, not just in the U.S. You know, 10 out of 10 financial institutions, 10 out of 10 of the largest law firms, you know, et cetera. These are all institutions and organizations that have highly sensitive data that needs to be protected. And there's really not another solution out there that is as sophisticated as what BlackBerry has done in this space. So, so we can talk about some of the products and, uh, and things that BlackBerry is doing today on the software side of things. But at its core, this foundation and, and even the things that they're doing in autonomous vehicles is really built on this foundation of safe and secure communications technology. So Chris, from our conversations preparing for this podcast, uh, I learned that BlackBerry has a suite of more than 45 different products, some of which you alluded to, uh, all in some way related to safe and secure communications. Which efforts are most notable in their suite of products? Yeah, so as you mentioned, I mean, there's a there's a suite of about 45 different products today, and the company is constantly innovating and developing new technologies to add to that portfolio, as well as acquiring new technology along the way. Um, but I think there's really two key businesses that are worth touching on today that can kind of give a flavor of what of what the company's been up to lately. Uh, the first one is called Unified Endpoint Security and Unified Endpoint Management. So BlackBerry refers to this as their Spark Suites platform. It sounds like a mouthful, but I mean, you can just think of this as a next-gen, leading-edge cybersecurity business. So the incumbent players today in this space, you know, you can think of the Nortons, the McAfee's, uh, those type players. They're, basically, their security is uh, a little bit outdated today. So it's based, not to get too deep in the, into the weeds, but their security is based on something that's called signature-based tech. And what this does is, you know, the threat... Uh, either has to be known ahead of time or, you know, discovered after the fact and then manually uploaded into the software as something to look out for going forward. Uh, Today, you know, this is all done using artificial intelligence and machine learning. So uh, the algorithms today have the ability to really spot 
detect and then remediate threats in real time without the need for you know a manual intervention really there's three competitors out there today that have the ability to use machine learning and algorithms to to spot threats and um, those are carbon black uh, silence and then CrowdStrike and BlackBerry acquired one of these businesses, Silence, in 2018, you know, to allow the, the capability to compete here. So the incumbent players really still have a stronghold on this market with about 70% market share. Um, but with the new technology, these new players, which include BlackBerry, are really able to take share here. The other problem that this solves for businesses is, is on the endpoint management side. So again, let me take, take a, just a quick step back. And an endpoint is just any device whether that's mobile or otherwise, that has a safe and secure connection to, uh, to the corporate servers. So, um, and really, when you think about it, the Internet of Things, like these devices are growing exponentially today. So, and not only are they being used for personal reasons, but they're also now being used to, to conduct business. So, um, you can imagine from a security perspective, the nightmare that this must be for corporate IT departments you know, the bad actors know that these devices are being used to, to access sensitive data and they're, you know, easy targets to spot out and, and try to attack from a security perspective. For the institutions that I mentioned previously that have highly sensitive data to protect, you can see how a solution that is at the leading edge and, and is really, you know, the best of breed in this space could be something that is, is necessary and needed um, for these types of organizations. Uh, so that's the, that's the first business and this is really probably the most stable and mature business that BlackBerry is, is involved in today and really the foundation that, that they're building upon. The other business to really touch on uh, today is, is what they're doing in the autonomous space. So, um, and this business is called QNX. So what QNX is, is it's essentially it's a real-time operating system that's been designed for today's you know, smart and connected vehicles. So this is very much a white space today. Um, there's not a standard operating system within the vehicle today, though we are at a point right now where the technology has evolved to a point where one is, is becoming necessary. When I say operating system, you know, you can think of, uh, you know, where the smartphone business was, you know, 15 to 20 years ago. And you can think of uh, competitors in that space like Apple's iOS or Google's Android. Um, you know, the equivalent of that. So it, this could really be a, a, a lucrative opportunity over time for, for whoever is successful in this space. But basically what's happening is, you know, as Brian mentioned in his podcast, cars are becoming digitalized and, and smarter today. So hardware components are coming out, uh, software and digital components are, are coming in. What we're seeing now today is that this has evolved to a point to where the software components are no longer able to operate on their own and tie into the OEM's uh, platform. You know, today these, these parts have, have gotten to a point to where they need to communicate with each other in order for the vehicle to function. So, you know, an operating system is, is really a key piece that will allow, you know, these different parts of the vehicle to communicate with each other going forward. And another key piece that's important in this scenario is that, you know, these digital parts and software that, is, that are starting to take over the vehicle are now starting to involve things that are actually mission critical to driving the car and safety critical to driving the car. So you can think of, you know, things like steering or braking, um, you know, things that actually actually matter when it comes to from a safety perspective. So it's, it's very important that uh, the operating system is, is secure and safe. Um, from a regulator standpoint, um, you know, going forward. And that's, you know, especially as we get into the later stage, stages of, of autonomous vehicles. 
So I spoke with your colleague, Brian Bath, uh, on our previous podcast uh, when he joined me for the first episode in this series. And we spent quite a bit of time talking about the potential for autonomous driving. I asked him the following question. I'd like to get your thoughts on it as well. Are we headed towards a world where all cars are run on automated systems? Or is it going to be some kind of hybrid between human control and computer control? I think for the immediate future and as far out as we can see today, I think it's very much going to be a mix of both. Um, you know, the technology, I think, is just not quite evolved enough yet to really support a full autonomy, at least on the, on the passenger vehicle side. So, you know, today's technology where we're at, it does really well in, in a closed environment and it can find space. But once you start introducing real world variables, you know, things like weather or pedestrians or, you know, road constructions, um, you know, things like this that can pop up from time to time, the, the technology is just not at a, at a place where it can process this information real time and really make a, you know, a safe and smart decision. So, you know, like a human, uh, for example, could. So for the time being, it's really hard to see autonomous vehicles uh, really taking a lot of market share um, you know, today with today's technology, but where we could see full autonomous vehicles um, within the next 10 to 15 years, for example, are in areas such as, you know, things like long haul trucking, for example. So the technology is almost there today where, you know, when you're on an interstate, basically smart cruise control and other features that are, that are available today, the autonomous software does really well in those types of environments. And you just need a human really to take over as you exit the interstate and uh, go towards the last mile. Um, other examples are in situations where you could have a, um, you know, really a two-person almost golf cart type vehicle uh, within, you know, downtown urban environments to really pick up uh, passengers from their train stop or their bus stop and shuttle them, you know, within the city limits to their corporate office, for example. Um, other other use cases, you know, some delivery vehicles have been on the market and, and have been currently introduced today already. Um, but when it comes to the light vehicle passenger side and, and really, you know, everyday use of vehicles, it, it looks like autonomous is at least 10 to 15 years out from today with, with the technology that's in place. And it's really hard to look you know, much farther past that with what we know today. So one of the things that we've talked about already is, you know, the operating system and how important that is to autonomous driving and the potential for autonomous driving. And it sounds like BlackBerry is really leading the charge in this part of the market. As vehicles become smarter and smarter and more reliant on technology to do their jobs, concerns have to arise around security. You know, we worry about companies being hacked and putting our financial or personal information at risk what about cars being hacked and putting passengers at risk? Yeah, it's one of the key really roadblocks on the road to autonomous vehicles today. So, I mean, not only from a security perspective, but also from a latency and a system crashing perspective. So, I mean, with, with autonomous vehicles and the operating system, you know, when you compare to mobile phones, the, you know, the safety aspect of it is just much more critical within within the vehicle than it is on a smartphone. You know, it's literally a matter of life and death. So, you know, if, for example, if your infotainment system crashes in your vehicle, you know, it's very important that your brakes and steering still work. Um, you know, so there's a lot of different regulations that are in place today to really ensure, well, the goal is to ensure, you know, 100% efficiency and really 0% uh, chance of a, of a threat from a security perspective. Um, and so you can see how something like this really plays into the hand of a company like BlackBerry, 
where their core expertise is in protecting endpoints, you know, on the mobile phone side, as we kind of move over into autonomous vehicles and look at those as essentially endpoints themselves, you know, with the key aspect being that safety is much more critical. You can kind of see how this this plays into a, uh, in a into a competitive advantage and in a core expertise for BlackBerry. So BlackBerry isn't the only company working on the development and evolution of operating systems. You know, who are some of the competitors in this space and how can BlackBerry differentiate themselves? Yes, exactly. There's a lot of uh, capital and a lot of investment really being uh, thrown at this space right now. And it's really the best and the brightest of, uh, of the companies that are out there. So you can think of, you know, big tech, for example, um, companies like Google and Baidu, um, even Apple. Um, there's other, you know, uh, startup companies, the OEMs themselves, the tier one auto suppliers. You know, there's just a lot of investment that's going into this space right now, which is really one indication of how, you know, just how lucrative this opportunity within the operating system of the vehicle could be over time. So you can think of the competition in, in two buckets. So the first one is the traditional competitors, and this is Wind River and Green Hill. And really BlackBerry has a technology advantage over these two companies. They just have a, a more sophisticated product suite and uh, you know, a lot of different products available. And again, on the security side, there really is no match or comparison. Uh, the other group you can think of is, is what's called Linux. So then there's a lot of different variations of Linux today. Linux is just an operating system and it's the operating system that is actually uh, what Google's Android was built off of. Tesla is using Linux to build their operating system within their vehicle. And there's a, uh, there's a group of, of OEMs that have come together to form what's called automotive grade Linux. So a lot of different variations on top of this, but, but essentially what Linux is by definition, it's, it's open source software, which means there's a lot of different developers that have access to the code and are making changes to it you know, constantly over time and adding new features to it which when you think about that from a regulator's perspective, it's very difficult to get comfortable with the safety aspect of that uh, operating system, you know, especially as we get towards the later stages of autonomous driving. So levels four and five, for example, these Linux solutions may be okay where we are today, you know, at levels one through three, but once you start getting into full autonomous situations to where the safety, you know, the safety critical aspects, aspects really come into play here, then, you know, the, the solution is going to be difficult to secure from the global regulator's perspective. BlackBerry has a, just in general, BlackBerry has a few key advantages that really set them apart from the competition. The first is on the safety and security side, which we've touched on, you know, quite a bit today. The second part is, you know, they're data agnostic. So when you think about the big tech competition and really the leaders that are uh, leading the way in the operating system within the smartphones, you know, Google, for example, these companies are in the business of collecting data and monetizing that data. You know, and the OEMs, I think, are going to be reluctant to give up that value. You know, this is this is their information that that they want to own and control. Um, and BlackBerry is really okay with, you know, operating behind the scenes and really being the core plumbing of the vehicle. Um, so the OEMs really prefer, you know, somebody in that perspective versus a, you know, a situation to where an operating system would be after their customer's data. And then finally, the, the third key piece is that BlackBerry is already on the OEM platforms today. So, you know, it's very difficult to gain access uh, to an OEM platform. You know, it takes trust. It takes years of development to really, you know, earn your way um, onto the platform. And really, the OEMs are, are risking their brand that, you know, the product has to work. 
Um, and then also, you know, they want to, the OEMs want to control really most of the content in the vehicles. Really, this, this goes back to the traditional push-pull relationship with the, with the tier one suppliers on the hardware side. You know, there's constantly an evolution going on of, of not giving up too much control of the IP within the vehicle. You know, the, the OEMs for the most part want to control as much as they can, but also outsource where they need uh, help with new technology and things like that. Um, and so BlackBerry is known and trusted and is on these platforms today. And so that really gives them a, a, an advantage um, versus the other competitions who are still trying to gain access to those platforms today. So for example, BlackBerry is on, is already, BlackBerry's content is already within 175 million different vehicles today. And that's across all 45 global OEMs, the top 23 of the top 25 electric vehicle OEMs. Um, and so they've really, they really have already established and they're, they're a leader in this space today. Well, Chris, thanks for joining me today. That's, uh, some pretty interesting information on a company that I thought it just kind of faded away, but, uh, they're obviously very important in the development of autonomous driving and, and really information security. So, I uh, just want to thank you again for joining me today. Appreciate it. And hopefully, uh, hopefully it wasn't too painful and, uh, we can have you on again sometime soon. Thanks, Doug. This material is for informational purposes and is prepared by Diamond Hill Capital Management. The opinions expressed are as of the date of publication and are subject to change. These opinions are not intended to be a forecast of future events, a guarantee of future results, or investment advice. Reliance upon this information is at the sole discretion of the listener. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal.